This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! All right, good morning, good morning here, Professor Ward Scott in the Manly Command Center, as always in the piney woods of North Central Florida in the Melton Law Studio, as you know. Melvin Law has 50 years of experience, and they're the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. They won't back down, nor will the Gators, and we'll find out for sure this weekend, Saturday night, hoping it doesn't rain, by the way, when they take on Utah, which is a pretty formidable opponent. And, of course, 24-7, 365 protection by crime prevention, cpss.net, and check out the mugshots always and see what's on there. Well, 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 i got a few things to discuss with you. And as uh, students are filtering in and settling into their seats in the class, by the way, I will take up with you a, uh, an interesting article. Hello, Ray and Dawn and everybody. Um, I'll take up an article that is interesting, if only, and thanks, Tim, for checking in. I'll be interested in your opine of what I'm about to say. Um, Anytime you make the front page of a paper, even the Gainesville Sunset, uh, and furthermore, make what we call above the fold, you are kind of a special customer. You've been treated with uh, extra special care. And now you are going to be uh, kind of, um, let me see if I need to adjust my camera here a little bit, maybe. Um, I don't know whether I do or that helped or not. Probably not. Um, maybe that did. Maybe. Okay, I look good. Thanks, production. Um, so anytime you make the front page and then, of course, make above the fold, you're a special customer in the eyes of the publisher. They think there might be some community interest. And this is the case with an article written by Andrew Kaplan, who is a pretty good guy. We like Andrew Kaplan. He, um, uh, we give him a lot of information, and sometimes his editors allow him to use it, and sometimes they don't. But uh, today is uh, an interesting uh, article that I've done quite a bit of research on. I know a lot about, and I'm going to try to set the record straight for you on uh, what is a very complicated subject. As I've been saying, I have so many friends who are really grown up, if you will, and um, understand how to conduct their lives and have done quite well and had their careers and all that and still don't know whom to vote for, whether they can vote where they live, what districts mean, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And if those fellows and ladies and gentlemen don't have a good, good civics uh, background, then who do you think does? So let me begin my analysis here by saying I've got a lot of experience in this. I have run for office. I have managed campaigns. I have, uh, of course, analyzed an endless numbers of political situations, as you know, um, and now we come upon, now we cometh to uh, 
a situation that's above the fold on the front page of the paper that uh, has the little headline, ignorance is expensive. Um, that's the one from Mary Helen Wheeler. It's actually the usual version of that is uh, ignorance of the law is no excuse. So this is about Alachua County officials pay nearly $16,000 in back taxes and fines. So let me walk you through this. And if you haven't read it, I don't read to you, but I'll read the highlights of this for you. And you'll be able to maybe learn a little bit in class today and it'd be worth your time spending some moments with me. Um, what, the, what the article would addresses is the fact that there are two commissioners, both of whom are Democrats, both of whom are women. Uh, not that that women thing matters at all. The gender is not important, but the party is perhaps really not really uh, who um, sort of didn't understand that what we call in uh, politics, the gray area. And the gray area has to do with language. Of course, all things come back to language. And what is the meaning of the infinitive to live? What is the meaning of the infinitive to reside? What is the meaning of the infinitive to homestead? You understand a homestead and to reside and all that. Those are infinities, which mean they can be conjugated. And we use time and we use verbs to change time. And that's called conjugation. Um, so the uh, two ladies, Mary Ellen Wheeler, and who's still a commissioner and the former commissioner, Alfred, who suddenly resigned because of this situation and DeSantis appointed Remy Glenn are the two ladies in question here. Now, as I alluded to, I think yesterday or the day before, I lose track of time. Um, uh, the Gainesville Sun back in May published a pair of articles uh, about these women uh, who were then on the commission together. And this was the issue. They claimed on their property records that their primary homes were outside the district they represent. And here is a sentence that is most interesting in Mr. Kaplan's article. Florida law requires that county commissioners live within districts they serve upon time of election. Now, where our good friend, uh, the reporter, Andrew Kaplan, is a little loose with the language is require that they reside, not that they live. Now, how do you reside? Well, no one really knows. Do you go put your head on a pillow one time out of the year? Do you uh, keep a girlfriend or a significant other over there and, and you know, go see her or him or whatever? What, what do you, how do you reside? And, you know, we went over the deposition of, of the, uh, Jesus Santos, who couldn't remember where he had slept the night before. And so we have what we call in these political shenanigans, uh, a gray area. Now, anybody with any political sophistication knows how to maneuver in the gray area. It's all over the state of Florida. All over the state of Florida, both Democrats and Republicans, if they don't homestead in the district they're in or, quote, live and they need to have a residence in the district in which they were elected, they just go rent a place or they may buy another place and have a residence and a homestead. This is done all over the state. Now, 
what this comes down to is that the there's a difference between these two ladies' situation because Mary Alford claimed that she lived at a business, okay? Now, you can't live at a business and maneuver in the gray area as easily as you can keep an apartment and maneuver successfully in the gray area. Now, I know in New York City, uh, people live above their businesses, and that is the way it's sort of done many times. And I suppose Mary Alford could keep a cot in the business and claim that that's where she brushed her teeth every morning and, you know, did her all the above. Uh, and that, and, the, and it was a business, but that is was much harder for her to pull off. She really probably was on shaky ground there when she claimed that her residence was her business. So um, that, that was a case that, I'm going to separate uh, from Wheeler because as nearly as I can understand, and I spent a great deal of time researching this, I have talked to uh, attorneys who know election law about this. So I'm not just uh, uh, whistling through my hat here. In my humble opinion, uh, Mayor, and the opinion of uh, attorneys that I talked to, Mary Helen Wheeler did not need to do anything other than continue to live in the gray area. The fact that she claimed a primary house with her husband but had another property elsewhere in the district is perfectly fine within the gray area. So in effect, Mary Ellen Wheeler became her own worst enemy by panicking, if you will, and running down there and doing a lot of things that are completely unnecessary because she could have done what so many people here locally have done and what so many people continue to do around the state in both parties. And if the truth of the matter were known, do at the legislative level, keep a residence in a district. This is the gray area. Let me, let me make sure you understand one thing. The constitution does trump the county charter. Now, the the legislature could, if it wanted to, come in and clear up this confusion. The legislature could, if it wanted to, if it had the political will, create single member districts. They won't have they would not have to put it out to a referendum the way they are doing in the fall and letting all the banner go back and forth about the pluses and minus of single member districts. The legislature could simply do it. Except if they did it for Alachua County, they'd have to do it for the whole state. Or it would be a little bit of a political problem, would it not? So the legislature hasn't swooped in here and said, oh, never mind Clemens and Perry and County Charter Committee, uh, Charter Review Committee. We you, All that is just window dressing. We'll just change it. Now, one of the reasons that are hesitant to do that is there's this discussion about if there were single member, true single member districts, it really wouldn't clear up the confusion we have right now because you could still represent that district 
but not homestead in it. You could reside in it. Now, the only difference would be only the voters in that district would be able to vote for you. Are you with me? Now, the reason the black culture resists single member districts is very interesting. Right now, everybody votes for everybody in Alachua County, regardless of where they homestead or reside, the people they vote for. All right. It doesn't matter as long as they have this gray area comfortably taken care of. That is, they have a residence in the district they supposedly are representing, but they're not exclusively voted on by everybody in that district. They're voted on countywide. So the black fellow, let's take Chuck Chestnut, good friend, good guy. He will always be a county commissioner is the standard thought. He will always be a county commissioner because white and black at large all across the county will vote for him. Now, if there were single member districts, the court would get involved and the court would say, you have to have these districts a proportional percentage of the culture. So you would fragment and break up the voting base and specifically tie it in percentages and distribute it to each district. So let's say each district, I think 18% of the, cult of the, of the county is black. So you take that 18% and you would distribute it among five different districts. Well, you give about, uh, therefore, a little over 3%, 4%, uh, maybe 5%, so to each district. And you see then that they're not going to be voted on by the entire county. They're only going to be voted on by the people in that district. And the people in that district, by court order, will necessarily be minority in each district black. So the blacks are against single member districts because they see what's happening. If we have to be distributed evenly among five districts by court order, well, we'll never get elected. Whereas if we are elected at countywide, we'll always have at least one person elected and sometimes two. So that's an interesting thing that you have to realize about why there's going to be this bloody battle over single member districts in the fall. And I'm predicting it won't pass. But nevertheless, even if it did, it would not clear up this issue of what's a residency and what's a homestead. Because all you, until the legislature changes the definition and, and nails it down as to what a residency means, it changes nothing. Okay. In other words, as one attorney told me, couch surfing is legitimate. I never heard the term before, couch surfing. In other words, you homestead in a district that you're not going to be representing. So you need to couch surf, find a place in the district that you're going to be representing that at least purports to be your 
place you lay your head down. Nobody is going to check unless you have a tail on you 24-7, 365 with uh, around the clock surveillance as to how many times you put your head on the pillow and that couch. And even then it won't mean anything because nobody has the definition of what a residency is. And the legislature is not going to touch it because both parties are using it, including probably many of them. So remember this, couch surfing counts. Obviously, Mary Helen Wheeler didn't understand this. Maybe, maybe, although it's called a business, Alfred could have gotten away with the saying, well, I have a couch in the back of my business, and therefore, I really reside there. I think she could have probably, push comes to shove, have won that. But her battle is more difficult than Wheeler's, which is a slam dunk. There's nothing wrong with her doing what she'd been doing. She didn't need to pay all those fines. Furthermore, here's an interesting thing that the article does not cover. All right. The property appraiser has no taxing authority. Alicia Solomon has no taxing authority. So there's no command from her office that can order Wheeler or Alfred to go pay taxes. That doesn't come from the property appraiser. So there's a lot of understandable confusion, even by the people who run for office, let alone the people who vote for them. How do you straighten all this out? And single member districts doesn't negate couch surfing. The only thing that will happen with single member districts is the courts will want single member districts drawn equally. Equally. So there's election confusion. This article doesn't, by Kaplan, explain it very well. The legislature can step in and straighten this out, but it would have to do it for every single, not going to do it. They don't want to do it. About as close as we've ever gotten to it is Clemens and Wheeler, or Clemens and Perry, getting the legislature to put it on the ballot. It should have been put on the ballot by the Charter Review Committee. But they're scared. It could be put on the ballot by the county commission. But they don't want to give up their power. Or to have the power distributed some other way. Because the way they have it now works very conveniently for one party rule. So if the Republican candidates are betting that they can have Wheeler and Alford negated in this election, I'm betting they can't. I'm betting that Alford goes, gets a place in the district and runs and Wheeler gets a place in the district and runs. It doesn't even have to be a place she homesteads. It just has to be a residency. It has to fulfill the couch surfing scrutiny of the courts. 
and you can determine how superficial that scrutiny is. The courts will not get involved until and if you have single member districts, and then it will make sure that the population voting base is distributed equally. So this is very unfortunate from the point of view, and I'm an equal opportunity critic. Uh, I don't know Alfred, I do know Wheeler, and I've been involved in this sort of thing myself because I've managed and run for campaigns. Now look, this is the this is the rule, this is the law in the state of Florida. So if I were advising Wheeler and Alfred, I would say, hey, you didn't need to pay those fines. Alicia Solomon can't make you pay them. You can keep right on doing what you're doing, and that's homesteading a home and residing somewhere else. Alfred's a little different, probably less able to do it. Because a business is a little different, is it not? Although, but I don't think she had the smarts to do it. She could have claimed she had a couch or a sink or a closet and stayed there, da-da, da-da, da-da. Or lived above it or adjacent or attached to it, all that, but didn't do it. But Wheeler's in the clear, as near as I can tell. I've done a lot of research of this in the last 24 hours. And, of course, anybody out there can opine a different opinion. But if I were the advisor to Wheeler, I'd say, go about your business, run for office. And um, no, the governor's not going to remove you. You'd have to remove an awful lot of people in the state of Florida. Um, This is being done because it's called the gray area and couch surfing is recognized as legitimate. Now, some of the things Alfred says in this article, if she really did say them, are really border on the absurd. Um, She says that now she has a real appreciation of the housing shortage because she's looking for a house. Are you kidding me? And this is is, is what bothers me about her as a candidate. Are you trying to get me to swallow that hook, line, and sing? Are you you nuts? Uh, Come on. And she says, gave me a real appreciation for the housing struggles that people are going through right now. That's total BS as far as I'm concerned. Total BS. Of the two ladies, I think she is the less genuine. She's more disingenuous. Wheeler has just done what she's doing. Okay. She just doesn't know what she's doing. Alfred doesn't know what she's doing, but she tried to act like she does. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you, um, it is. And of course, Kaplan doesn't fully understand it either. But that's not unusual. That's not unusual. So uh, there you are. That is the situation with above the fold on the front page. Let's go back over and review because this will be on the quiz. And the quiz will be how you all vote. The legislature can change a county car- charter. The legislature, if they want to, can come in by... Uh, uh, majority vote and say thou shalt have single member districts Uh, then they've got to figure out how much and far they want to do that do they do it for the entire uh, state no probably not do they do it just for Florida no they chose to do it the way Perry and Clemens have got it done put it out to vote a referendum and get ready you're going to see a bloody brawl over that 
Uh, Alicia Solomon, the property appraiser, has no taxing authority um, uh, whatsoever. They didn't need to pay, as far as I can tell, any back homestead exemption fines or anything like that. Um, you can uh, uh, co-sign with a son uh, if you want to. There's no problem. The son can homestead. Um, there's a lot of gray area there. So couch surfing counts. Um, single member districts, doesn't, they do not negate couch surfing. And the only thing that courts will want if they go to single member districts is that they be drawn equally. And uh, that means that the blacks would be against single member districts because uh, they will be in the minority in every single district they're in. And then you can see how the race card would raise its ugly head. Okay. I hope that helps. If any questions, let me look over here on my chat line to see if you have any questions. Um, let me see, my friends. Um, taking time out here. Lloyd Bailey, unfortunately, is not an attorney, um, so um, I don't know if I discount it completely. It's my understanding from the attorneys of that in court challenges, and, you, and Lloyd should know this, there are many, many court challenges to districts, and courts come in and, and uh, have an opinion. So um, I'm going to disregard that one. Um, if you are an attorney, you have a comment, I'll pay a little more attention to that. Um, so... Um, the the this is the this is and there's something common here about living in Georgia, and uh, and uh, you know doing all that sort of business. Uh, we do have people living in Georgia and voting in Florida. We got nowhere with that. Uh, one of the ones which we alleged was doing that was uh, um, uh, Ed Jennings, and we got nowhere with that. But that was before there was any kind of uh, election integrity committee, if you will, set up by the governor. So um, good comments. Marilyn Dees, hello. Thank you for watching here. Um, you're in a different state entirely. And uh, everybody, uh, now listen, what I'm saying doesn't necessarily apply to the city of Gainesville. The city of Gainesville it has some elections at large and some residen uh, residency elections. I believe we have posted um, um, Hey Santos and nebulous answers to um, questions about residencies that were raised by Jim Collins, who challenged him, and he even and and, and hey Santos even skated by, and uh, the city of Gainesville had a pretty uh, rigid requirement for residency for the district that uh, I think Brian Eastman now occupies it, and I think it's District Two, but don't quote me on that. But uh, when uh, hey Santos was deposed on that, the the, the, the deposition was uh, you know kind of like. Ronald Reagan trying to remember on the on Contra deal. He just couldn't recall um, the, 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 the vagary. Anytime you see they can't recall or they, they stumble around. When one is not telling the truth, the numbers of words in a sentence get increased. When one is telling the truth, the number of words in a sentence decrease. So, uh, and often, uh, uh, you know, the longer the answer, the more it is meant to obscure. 
So uh, we'll see. Now, on the supervisor elections, I'll cover just before the break. Um, there's some conjecture about what the governor may or may not do. Nobody can really tell what that's going to be about. But the studied opinion I'm getting from the legal minds I've been talking to is that nothing she has done rises to the level of removal. Um, bad behavior, yes. Irresponsible, shaky practices, yes. The FDLE found that. Uh, criminal behavior, no, uh, at least not yet. Although we have five trials here to go on. Um, so we, we, you know, right now, uh, I wouldn't hang my hat on the idea of, of uh, Kim Barton being removed uh, by, by the governor. As I say, I'm not going to speculate on what the governor does, but legally, it doesn't look as if, now politically is a different, politically is a different deal, but legally it doesn't look like these ballots um, can be, and you know, you already seen the NAACP step in there and use a race card and also say that it's really the, the poll watcher's fault that they didn't call for more ballots. So you could see what's going on there. Uh, so I, I would not bet that uh, there's any action taken there. So my summation of this, and I stand corrected anytime there's something that changes the research I've done and everything I'm doing is out there for you to think about, ponder, is that nothing will change. Alfred and Wheeler will run again. Alfred and Wheeler will be reelected because they're Democrats and Barton will remain as a supervisor of elections. We're right back on the Ward Scott Files after we take a break for our sponsors and our supporters. Thank you very much, production, for uh, helping us get through that first half hour pretty well. Be right back. Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are Maurice T. McDaniel, Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, RR Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Ward Scott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. 
may God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth. All bees poop. Oh, a warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Now for the weather brought to you by Lewis Oil. Welcome back to Ward Scott Files. Professor Ward Scott here in the Melbourne Law Studio in the Warthog Manly Command Center. Thanks to uh, Lewis Oil for providing us an opportunity to bring you the weather. And it is cooling down. I have to tell you, it's only going to be about 86 degrees today, which is really almost 10 degrees cooler than we suffered through in July and August. And we're getting to maybe have a little bit of fall. This is the first of September, right? And that is a as they marked, I mean, a lot of things changed. We started getting the football season and the leaves and all that business. Um, so be expecting the same old weather pattern, though, of rain intermittent wherever you might be. You might get it, might not get it. Your neighbor may get it. You may not get it. And um, we'll see how, how all that works through. Some of the states are still suffering the consequences of in Jackson, no water and then too much water, which you can't drink, uh, and too little water, which you want to drink. But in terms of weather, one of the most interesting things, I always try to bring you something a little interesting, a little unusual. There was a massive eruption of the Tonga volcano in January, which produced a tsunami. That's a wave, you know, a big wave in the ocean, as tall as Statue of Liberty. And how do they know this? They know this from satellite imagery. Um, A Japanese weather satellite caught this. This was an underseas volcano eruption in the Pacific nation of Tonga, it happened January 15th of this year. An undersea volcano erupted uh, near the Pacific nation of Tonga, and it set these waves crashing across the shore. And you may remember seeing some of this, people rushing to higher ground. This volcano spouted enough water to fill 58,000 Olympic pools into the stratosphere. Uh, the mound of water displaced by the eruption was around 7.5 miles in diameter and contained 4.1 cubic miles of water. Uh, Lloyd over there in his, uh, in his uh, diving business would be probably, even he would be a little um, cautious about piling into a source of water like that. He is an expert on how to get in and survive in these springs and things. Um, this is a tremendous amount of seawater. It was poured into a hot magma chamber on, uh, uh, with the underground uh, underwater volcano. And um, it's a once in a century event. So I just thought that was very interesting to uh, um, uh, pass along to you. Fortunately, by golly, it wasn't anywhere near us. So we probably might have had a wave sweep over Miami or something like, you know, we've not had that eruption out of there in the, uh, in the world of, uh, of, uh, of the Atlantic. Uh, let me check with production and see if they've got our video queued up. Do we have that, ladies and gentlemen? Okay, let's. Well, I'm going to run. A, I'm going to just a second as soon as I preempted a little bit, please. Um, crime is my next little part here of uh, discussion because uh, the um, President Biden and his infinite rabble rousing has gone out and typically, as you might expect, uh, called all the magma, magma people, the Trump supporters, fascists, and 
you know, traitors and all these sort of things. And we're having this big insurrection deal now against overthrowing the government, all that. Well, meanwhile, the real crime is going on uh, that is really petrifying the nation. Now, I'm going to run a five minutes of a press conference in a Fulton County in Atlanta. And I have a good friend of viewer who is probably watching uh, from Fulton County right now. And I'm watching this as well on the video as we play it. Um, this is uh, an attempt. I have to once again say it's futile. And the reason I say it's futile, uh, like uh, it's like windmills, uh, tilting at windmills, is we, we have open borders. Uh, we have no, you know, Biden is, listen to this crap. Biden is blaming everybody who's a Republican for being a criminal and yet he's letting the criminals in. And you watch this lady's frustration at Fulton County. Can we run that production? Okay, thank you. Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Today is another great day in Fulton County, another great day of crime fighting. Um, we are here today to just let the public know that we are continuing our mission to target gangs as we believe it is our number one public safety deterrent crisis that we're in. Um, I have to acknowledge the two men that are before me before I even start. This is um, the great Detective Needham and the great Detective Davidson from Sandy Springs Police Department. Um, this was a collaboration, but you always have to acknowledge those that are on the front line working really hard to get things done. And these two gentlemen have done just an excellent job. What today's indictment is about is the Drug Rich Gang, which is a hybrid gang, and it started back in 2016. That's how far we can document this gang existing. Um, we know that it is a gang that primarily actually exists out of DeKalb County, um, the Stone Mountain and the Tucker area. Um, but as we know, crime and criminals have no boundaries, and they found their way into my county, Fulton County. Um, I have a message today that you will hear repeated time and time again. If you thought Fulton was a good county to bring your crime to, to bring your violence to, um, you are wrong and you are going to suffer consequences. And today is the start of some of those consequences. Um, this gang, as I mentioned, is a hybrid gang. It does include members of the Gangster Disciples, the Crips, and the Bloods. We know that here in Atlanta, Georgia, that hybrid gangs are something that we regularly see. Um, we know that this gang does have some identifiers that connects it together. Um, they use things like prescription bottles and money symbols, and this is in their jewelry and their tattoos, and we see that present here. We have identifiers identifying this gang, but that's not the problem that people collected together or they decided to use symbols. It's what they did once they joined together. What this indictment represents is 16 different victims in our county, 16 different 
incidents of violence and 26 defendants. They committed crime everywhere from the south to the north of my county, which included Union City, Atlanta, and Sandy Springs. The earliest car crime committed that is captured in this indictment is a 2018 carjacking. Um, the latest was committed just this month. We are aware that crimes have occurred in other jurisdictions, but what this indictment primarily covers are the 16 crimes that committed here in Fulton County. Um, the victims, they do not discriminate, but what they did do is target people who show their wealth on social media. Um, so I do have a message for the public where it is kind of fun to put your things on social media and show off. Unfortunately, these gangs are becoming more savvy more sophisticated in the way that they target you. And this is a way that we know that they targeted these individuals. And it's because of these great detectives work where they were able to show that they were following these individuals and using it to their advantage. Some of the celebrity victims included Calvin Ridley, who is a loved member of our Falcons, Brad Guzan, who is a loved member of the Atlanta United team, Marlo Hampton, who is on the Real Housewives of Atlanta, and Brittany Mealy, who is the mother of Future's child. All very well-known celebrities that who have decided to take residence right here in Metro Atlanta because this is a great place to live and we cannot tolerate this. But don't be fooled. This indictment also covers other individuals who are not as famous but also had their wealth on social media. Um, lots of social media influencers. The incidences that are in here is, thank God we don't have a murder, but we have a uh, kidnapping. We have armed robberies, we have shootings, and we have home invasions, very violent crimes, things that cannot be allowed in our county, and all done again at the hands of crime, at the hands of gangs. What I want the public to see today is today is a collaboration of law enforcement because as they have gotten more savvy, so have we. And so what you have is a collaboration of the Atlanta Police Department, the Union City Police Department, the United States Attorney's Office is here today, the Fulton County Sheriff, the Marshals, and the Fulton County District Attorney's Office. We are working together, we are working collaboratively, and we have a message, and that is get out of this county or expect to start seeing sentences that go life plus because I am not going to negotiate with gang members. I am not going to allow pleas. We are going to find you. We are going to convince you, and we're gonna send you to the prison for the rest of your days. And I'm not apologizing for that. Any questions? As it happens, I live in the part of the South County All right, I uh, share that with you because of, there's some little history here locally with me, your humble narrator, your reporter, your host here, uh, about these kinds of things that um, is addressed here by our spokes lady here, uh, I'm assuming the mayor of Atlanta, um, about crime. Not too long ago, I was briefed by the United States Federal District Attorney Office about gangs. I was actually consulted and asked to talk about it uh, publicly with you. I've not been really public about it yet, but this sort of brought me around to where I think I'll address it some. Uh, this gang situation is right here in Alachua County and Gainesville pretty heavily. 
Uh, it's not being covered by the Gainesville Sun. It's not being covered by Channel 20. And a lot of people are afraid to cover it. Uh, these are very dangerous people. They're young kids, primarily. But they have an entire network of communication. They have websites. And it involves more than the lady here talks about, too, in that uh, we have uh, situations where um, uh, uh, this human, uh, not only drug trafficking, but human trafficking in women, prostitution. Um, she alludes to some of the things here that we have, uh, typically throughout the uh, gang world, and that is code identification. Some of it occurs in dressing, uh, when one dresses, the way one wears a particular hand gesture on a site, or uh, they have all these communication systems by which they uh, share information. And as I say, um, it's all uh, uh, complicated by our open borders, our heavy use of fentanyl, our, our people coming across the borders are unaccounted for, uh, really lawless criminal activity is finding its way into, of course, um, the urban big centers especially, but they're here too. And um, we have them. We have this situation. Every time you hear practically every time, and I've been briefed on this, that you hear about some shooting in this community. It is a gang-related shooting in some description. Uh, there's some payback going on. There's some betrayal that's occurred. And uh, these are dangerous youngsters. They, they don't necessarily fear the law. In fact, the law is a kind of a uh, way. <laughs> I was a Cub Scout at one time. You know, you made rank with badges and things like that. Uh, this is a gangster version of Cub sc of Scouting. Uh, to make a kind of a crude joke, or not joke, a crude illusion about it, uh, you get these arrests and they become your uh, ba badge of courage, as, uh, as Stephen Crane said, uh, your red badge of courage. And and uh, this is uh, nothing to be detrimental in your world as a gangster. It is actually an asset. And on Crime Stoppers, as I said on the board, uh, we uh, get tips on very dangerous people. And when we Find, uh, discover and arrest them, we find out it's not their first rodeo. Now, this lady here says, I'm going to put you away. That is the part about this, which is probably melodramatic. These people don't get put away. They, they, I mean, these are murderers. They're dangerous people. They don't get put away. They get some sort of mitigated this or adjudication that, uh, and it goes on and on and on. And they're not intimidated by the courts. They learn how to be jailhouse lawyers. Uh, they have older advisors. It's a whole culture of criminality that I think really you can't do much about until you get criminality out of politics. Just to show you, for example, how frustrating it is for so many places in this country. Um, uh, Biden has been trying to identify the crime culprit. And so he's been over in Pennsylvania stumping for the Democrats. And of course, the crime culprit in his mind is uh, the nasty old magma people. Uh, but in uh, Pennsylvania, for example, um, the statewide murders and non-negligent manslaughters increased 46% over last year. And this was according to the Pennsylvania's Uniform Crime Reporting System. Pittsburgh recorded 53 homicides, which was a 43% over 2019. These are all liberal mayors, okay? Obviously, this person here is trying to take that and rein it in some, I would think. Uh, Non-fatal shootings were up 25% in Pennsylvania. Now, the Philadelphia residents, meanwhile, have reported that only 44% of them, which is less than half, feel safe in their neighborhood at night. 
Uh, 65% say they hear gunshots near their homes and occasionally throughout the year. And some 362 people have been slain in this so-called city of brotherly love compared to 226 in the first eight months of uh, previous year. So Biden is over there coming, you know, coming around to, to, to trying to do what? You know, he alludes to uh, the gun lobby. He attacks the gun lobby. He attacks the mass shooters. He attacks the Republicans for not condemning the January 6th riot on Capitol Hill. And he has a classic either or fallacy in his speech. He says, don't tell me you support law enforcement if you won't condemn what happened on the 6th. Now, if Biden were my students, he would fail that analogy. He would get an F. But Fs are not new to Biden. Uh, Reportedly, he plagiarized his way through much of his schooling. Well, you can see it in something like that. How stupid does he think we are? If you don't support law enforcement, uh, don't tell me you support law enforcement if you won't condemn what happened on the 6th. That is a classic, what we call in logic, either or fallacy. And by the way, yours truly, when he takes the IQ test on logic, he is scored as gifted. Okay, so logic is something supposedly I'm I'm gifted at. Well, it's just common sense to me, but maybe it isn't to Biden. So uh, the big city residents are worried not only about the gangs, uh, but they're worried about the the, the illegal guns the gangs get when they break into uh, homes and cars and that sort of thing. So it's the criminals who have the guns and it's the criminals who are, who are using them in the various ways uh, they uh, address uh, uh, their their behavior and uh, you know he's Biden is called the, the Republican semi uh you know all this all this all this sort of stuff uh, I want to find this requirement now if I've got it here in my in my uh, uh, midnight auto yard somewhere New York but New York City is now doing, if you want to, yeah, here it is. It's a gun law in New York. I have to bring this out because one of our sponsors of this show is a great organization called Shoot GTR, which is the Gainesville Target Range uh, and and run by a very good friend of mine, uh, Bennett Latimer, um, who is uh, partners with us in some of our projects on Crime Stoppers. Shoot GTR is as you see right there on the screen, I'm looking at right now, just after uh, 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 RR construction style cuts and that. So here we have in New York, a new gun law that is going to, it went into effect Thursday of uh, today. It goes into effect today, September 1st, that will require applicants for a concealed weapon permit. Now listen to this, now listen to this. I don't know how difficult this would be for you to do. I just got my concealed weapon permit extended. All I did was fill out a very brief form uh, and take a picture and send it to the uh, Department of Agriculture. And I got it back in about 10 days. Uh, you can go to any of the one of the license bureaus here and get get it done right away. Um, so and I recommend you get a concealed weapon permit in case some law and order guy, God forbid, should become the governor. And then you've got a real problem. So uh, in New York. If you're going to apply, apply for a concealed carry permit, uh, you're going to have to provide a list. Are you ready for this? Now, meanwhile, we got the gangs. All right. I, I, I want you to come. This is 
this is a fair comparison. Compare the gang's use of social media to regular people's use of social media. Now, I submit to you that what they're doing, they want to have you provide a list of social media accounts for the past three years as a part of the review process. But the gangs have learned to bury things, embed things in codes, in codes in their social media uh, uh, posts. So you would have to know the codes, the, the gestures and the symbols that they embed in what are otherwise benign uh, 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 presentations to know what you're looking at. So the state regulators are going to supposedly use this to browse a person's uh, character, examine a person's character to see if that person is, can get a concealed weapon. The gangs don't care about a concealed weapon permit. They carry the gun with or without a concealed weapon permit, and they carry it in New York. Are you with me? I mean, come on. So the New York Sheriff's Association has even called these rules burdensome. They might as well go ahead and call them ineffective because it's not going to touch the gangs. It's not going to have a single thing to do with their behavior. Not a thing. Now, furthermore, if you apply for a concealed weapon permit in New York, you're going to have to complete 16 hours of classroom training and two hours of live fire exercises. Are you kidding me? Now, I don't mind people being uh, taught safe, safe gun habits and procedures. That's okay. I mean, I mean, I recommend that. I recommend that you take one of those courses periodically. And, and if you're going to have a weapon that you are so familiar with it, that it comes to second nature to you, that you don't have to fumble and this and that and one another, or you'll end up having a mishap. So I'm not necessarily against this component, but if they're trying to get at the elimination of crime, they've got the objective pointed in the wrong direction. Now, the law of New York has also created dozens of, quote unquote, what's called sensitive places that would totally ban guns. Are you kidding me? It wouldn't matter to one of these gang guys to go into a, a sensitive zone. In fact, let me tell you the truth of the matter here. In fact, if I were the criminal, I would prey on the sensitive zones. Because I would know that there's no deterrent in the sensitive zone. Why in the world would you advertise to the criminal that the zone he's entering is gunless? Has somebody lost their minds? Times Square in Manhattan is supposedly a sensitive zone. Are you kidding me? And furthermore, the state legislature in New York quickly passed this law. Uh, and furthermore, this was on the heels of the U.S. Supreme Court ruling that one of their previous gun laws in New York was, was unconstitutional. Unconstitutional. I, I, I swear. I swear. You know, I mean, I need a banana. I used to Whenever I'd run across things that were just really weird, uh, I used to just reach out and take a bite off a banana. I don't know why.
I don't know why. But meanwhile, a Biden is calling anybody who's not a Democrat a semi-fascist. Um, and there you go. That's really nice. That's good language, right? Um, they're rolling out Donald Trump again, who's lived rent-free in their minds. Oh, God, for a long time. Meanwhile, inflation is the number one issue. But who knows if the people will vote because of that? And meanwhile, the country is moving towards authoritarianism, at least right now, is in a semi-authoritarian. Um, and, and the lawlessness is uh, Biden has no right to forgive loans. We've already covered that with Ted Yoho yesterday. Um, the Supreme Court has ruled not only in the abortion case, but in the West Virginia versus EPA, that bypassing Congress is unconstitutional, um, that you can't politicize the Constitution uh, without doing a process of involving Congress. So we got a Supreme Court, thank goodness, which is one that reads the letter of the language. Um, but, you know, Biden doesn't quit at that. The, uh, the high inflation, the um, um, health care climate, all this crap becomes a, a distraction that the people fall for. Um, now, to, to, to get over the, and I, I swear this is really going to be a fiasco, cramming these electric cars down our throat, um, they're gonna, it's going to force it through subsidies. It's going to force the car makers to not uh, make the gasoline cars because uh, they won't get any subsidies from the government. They're, gonna, they're going to bribe the car makers. That's what the Democrat Party is doing, is bribing the car makers. I mean, that's basically it. So, I don't know. I got to quit there. The rest of it is just, I mean, it's, I, I appreciate, really want to thank um, production for running that uh, little press conference. I thought that was pretty. Hey, listen, don't think it's just in Atlanta. Don't think it's just in Fulton County. Uh, go ask Bobby Schultz over in Gilchrist County. Um, ask, ask, uh, ask Sheriff Watson. You know, you know, come on. And as I say, I was briefed by the United States District Attorney's Office on this because they watch this show and they're interested in what I cover. And they wanted to make sure that at some point I, I share with you that we've got this problem here. It's not just, you know, gangs picking out people on Facebook, although that's one of their uh, ways of doing it. They have got um, runaways and, and uh, it, pr it practically amounts to female slavery, really. Uh, that they have because uh, these women are tightly controlled, dominated by the males who are the gang members, all of whom have their turf, all of whom have their, their arguments and their, uh, their violent re uh, uh, resolutions of those arguments. So um, whenever you read about a little quiet little article here and there, um, there you are. Okay, Plantation Mark, thanks for helping out. Uh, we're going to work on the farm here a little bit too. Mark says he's going to mow and we're going to do some stuff around here now that it's cooler. So I appreciate you all checking into the Ward Scott Files. Have a great day. Ward Hall Command Center out.